are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome New York Giant fans to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. You're with Patricia Trainer. I'm your host, and I cover your New York Giants for a variety of places. You can check out my work on the Maven New York Giants, Forbes, Big Blue View, Inside Football, and others. So thank you so much for tuning in, and today is a recap of the week that was where we go back and we look at the key storylines, quotes, and what have you to emerge from the week leading up to the Giants' next game, which is at Indianapolis, the site of their last Super Bowl uh, back in 2011. So we're going to jump right in in just a moment. But first, I just want to give you a quick overview of what to expect next week, because next week is a holiday week. Uh, On Monday, Chris Biziano of the Giant Insider will be joining me to break down the Giants and Colts game. We'll talk about what went right, what went wrong, you know, the usual spiel, if you will. And Chris is always a fun guy to have on the show, so I'm looking forward to that. On uh, Tuesday, there won't be a show. Usually we do a Twitter Tuesday, but because it's Christmas and I do celebrate Christmas, uh, I'm taking that day off. So um, I do want to wish everybody who is celebrating any kind of holiday this week or or next week uh, the very best. I will be back on Wednesday, though, with a crossover show as we get ready to preview the Giants' final game of the 2018 season, that being a home game against the Dallas Cowboys. And on Thursday, we're going to do a Twitter Thursday. So If you have questions you've been itching to ask me or that I didn't get to, get them in. Uh, Don't forget to get them in and tag them. Ask ask P-Train. That's P-T-R-A-I-N. And you can also email those questions to me at LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. But do get them in as soon as you can, as I'm going to be looking to record that show probably Wednesday night. And then on Friday, next Friday, as usual, it'll be a recap of the week that was. It'll be our final week of the regular season. So uh, make sure you tune in. We'll have a lot to discuss, I'm sure. And then the following week, we'll, of course, go into the off-season stuff. So there'll probably be just as much to discuss at that point as well. All right. So let's jump right into the week that was, week number 16 of the NFL season, the Giants about ready to face the Indianapolis Colts. And I wanted to start off with a quote from head coach Pat Shermer when he was asked about shutting down receiver Odell Beckham Jr., who is still still dealing with that quad injury. And I really like this answer by Shermer to a question about, you know, why he wouldn't consider shutting him down. So let's hear from him first on that quote, and I'll come back and I'll explain what I liked about it. I think it's important that all the healthy players are ready to play in the game. I mean, that, you're, I, I guess that question leads into that these two games aren't important. And I, and I don't believe that. I, I think what's important is that we as a team do everything we can to go out there and play the game and try to win the game. Running parallel with all the thoughts moving forward in the offseason is this team trying to learn how to win again. 
And that, and again, I'm speaking as the coach where we're doing everything in our power to put a plan together to win the game. And that requires that all the players do everything in their power if they're injured to make it back for the game. And then if for some reason they can't, then they do it for the next week. All right. Breaking down that quote by Pat Shermer. Look, the reason why I like what he said there is because how many times in recent years, in past years, have there been uh, incidents where we heard or assumed that the Giants were running a country club? In other words, guys who just, you know, were shutting themselves down unnecessarily, you know, and, and the coaching staffs letting that letting them get away with it. Pat Shermer, remember, is trying to teach this team how to win again. And the way you win is you you hold out hope, you do everything you can to get on the field. Now, that's not to say that if you're that badly injured and you can't play, that you don't go on IR or hope for a miracle or something like that. You have to be realistic and find a, a happy ground there. But, you know, Odell's Beckham Jr.'s injury, from what we know, is not serious enough to where he has to be shut down. All right. Now, again, I don't know the particulars of the injury based on what has been described. I can guess what it is. I can pretty much guess how it's being treated. But, you know, I, I, I tend to prefer not to speculate in the event that I'm wrong. And plus, I don't want to send people down the wrong rabbit hole. With that said, Odell Beckham Jr.'s injury is, is not bad enough to where he hasn't been able to at least get out there and engage in some physical activity, whether it be working on the side with a trainer or, you know, just doing stretches or whatever it is he's doing. If it were that bad, my guess is he wouldn't be doing anything. So with that said, that means that there is a hope, a small chance that he is going to be able to play. It won't be this week probably because he hasn't practiced all week, but there is a chance of him potentially playing next week if he continues to make progress. So Shermer's message really is, look, you know, we can't just say, look at the schedule and say, we're out of it and that's it. Let's, you know, close the door on the season and start looking ahead by auditioning these younger guys. The time to audition younger guys has passed. That was in the summertime. And, you know, Shermer is, is basically trying to send a message to that locker room. He's trying to tell them that this isn't a country club. You still have two games left to go. You, you guys still have an obligation. I expect you to prepare. I expect you to do everything you can to win. If you're, you know, banged up, but, you know, the, the medical staff and you feel you're healthy enough to go, you're going to go. There's no, you know, babying in this locker room. And I think it's a good message. You know, it builds up toughness. It builds up resiliency. And it sends a message to the players that this is what we need to do to win. And we're going to do everything we can within reason to get those W's. So, you know, I personally did not have a problem with what Shermer said. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., who we'll hear from a little later on in the program, didn't appear to have a problem with what was said. You know, Beckham on Thursday said, look, if I can play, I will play. You know, I, and I got to believe that it's it's killing him, you know, not to be out there. Beckham loves the game of football far too much. And as I've said on this show before, Beckham has said, you know, when he was coming off of that ankle injury and spoke to the media for the first time since that ankle injury, he basically said, look, the game was taken away from me. It's something that I love, and it was taken away from me, and it was good to be back. 
So I don't think that Beckham is babying himself or trying to stay out or protect himself or, you know, the common term, make a business decision here about not playing. I think he does want to play, even though there is, you know, technically nothing to play for other than pride. But the bigger picture with this giant team is they are playing to continue to learn how to win. And ideally, I think what Pat Shermer wants is he wants to see the season end on as positive a note as possible because then it's something to to build on moving forward. All right, you're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trena. Uh, we will take a short break and be back after these messages. So stay with us. The Locked On Podcast Network is doing unprecedented things on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, follow Locked On NFL Net to get all the latest breaking news and game highlights from the Locked On Podcast Network NFL hosts all on one convenient feed. On Instagram, Locked On NFL Net gives you the biggest stories, including audio cuts as provided by the various Locked On NFL team hosts. Make sure you follow Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram to get your daily fill of the NFL. Hey, Giant fans. With the temperatures dropping in parts of the country, it's important to stay warm, especially if you're partaking in outdoor activities. And if you've been looking for an apparel line that keeps you warm and toasty in the frigid temperatures, you've got to check out Action Heat, makers of the world's best battery-heated clothing. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by a rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 12 hours on each charge and which can also be used to recharge your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing them. Action Heat's clothing line is great for anyone who works outdoors, who skis or is a snowboarder, joggers, or anyone who loves the outdoors but hates being cold. Action Heat offers heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments such as heated base layer shirts and long johns available for both men and women with several styles to choose from. And now listeners to the Locked on Giants podcast can save 20% off their entire order at actionheat.com when they enter the coupon code LOCKEDON. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. Visit actionheat.com and remember to enter your special promo code locked on, that's all one word, to save your 20% discount on your entire order. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. You're with Patricia Trena, and we're reviewing the week that was, pulling out some various clips, audio clips from the locker room on various opinions expressed, storylines, what have you. So in this segment, uh, well, as we've been doing of late, got to hear from Odell Beckham Jr., who, you know, has been there every week, uh, especially with his injury going on. And uh, he's within reason, within what he's allowed to do, has been providing updates on, on his status. And basically his song has been the same every week. It's been, you know, if I could play, I would play. And, uh, you know, obviously Odell can't get into detail as to what's really going on with his injury. But, you know, certainly I, I got to imagine, you know, the questions about whether or not he's going to come back. Can he be ready in 10 days? 
and all that stuff, you know, they just keep coming and I can understand why, you know, he's an important part of their offense. And um, we saw last week in the loss against the Titans, how the offense just struggled to function. All right. But um, the clip from Odell that I found interesting was the one in which he was asked about being a second alternate for the Pro Bowl. Um, for those who missed the story, uh, four guys were named to the first team. I believe it was Devontae Adams of Green Bay, Adam Thielen of Minnesota, Julio Jones, and I'm drawing a blank on who the fourth guy is. I'd have to look it up. I apologize, folks. I'm drawing a blank on the fourth guy. Um, but Odell was named a second alternate, not even a first alternate, which was kind of surprising. And I'll talk about that in just a moment, you know, the stats, and I'll also get the name of the, the four guys. I'll confirm that for you. But first, let's hear what Odell had to say about, you know, his reaction to being named a uh, second alternate. <laughs> you just got to work harder. Uh, that's, that's all I can say. You know, the guys who did make it, these are all very talented people who had incredible seasons. So, um, <laughs> so you just got to tip your head to them. You know, they made it in. Um, and that just, it's just motivation, you know, just keep working, uh, work harder to where you, you can be in that next year. Um, but just got to tip your head to those guys, really. Okay, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. just simply saying, you know, what do you want me to do, guys? And all I can do is just keep working at it, keep working hard. And, you know, I got to believe that Beckham being the competitor that he is, he is not happy at being a second team or second alternate for the Pro Bowl. I mean, this is a guy who on numerous occasions has said he wants to be the best this game has ever seen at the position. And, you know, clearly, you know, if you use the Pro Bowl as a measuring stick, he is not the best according to his peers and according to the fans um, who make up the votes. Now, uh, before I go any further, I just want to mention the, the four guys because I couldn't remember one guy's name uh, before the Odell clip. The four guys that made the Pro Bowl as starters include Adam Thielen of Minnesota, Julio Jones of Atlanta, Michael Thomas of the Saints, that's the one I was missing before, and Devonta Adams of Green Bay. So my apologies to the Michael Thomas fans out there for forgetting that. But um, just in terms of Odell, though, a um, couple of things of interest with him. I watched those games, and I can't help but wonder, you know, the Giants have kind of changed his role a little bit. And by that, I mean, um, obviously, with the offensive line problems earlier in the year and the lack of um, protection, allowing Eli to do five and seven step drops, which would allow him to hit those longer routes, they've used Odell more or less like a, a West Coast offense type of receiver, meaning they have him running the shallower uh, routes, the shorter routes and just hoping for him to take off and explode. And, you know, something that I I thought earlier in the season, and, you know, I'd have to go back, and uh, and I will go back. I'll see if I can find exact film clips to, to demonstrate this. But um, earlier in the season, it just looked like Odell, he was still trying to get his feet underneath him, you know, playing in his first full football games, basically, you know, in over almost a year. Because if you remember, you know, he practiced during the summer, but he didn't have any preseason game action. And uh, that coming on the heels of obviously missing 12 games um, all of last year. So it did take Odell a little time to get his feet back under him. And I just wonder if that had something to do with, with the slow start he got off to. And then, of course, again, 
you have to, you know, point to the offensive line and the lack of pass protection because when your quarterback's running for his life, even if he's trying to extend plays, um, if he can't sit up and throw, uh, it, it's not going to be a pretty sight. So uh, you, you wonder if that was something, uh, part of the factor in it. Okay, and uh, in looking at some statistics on the Giants receivers, I mean, I just want to take a look at how they kind of all stack up. And um, this, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, I'm using these stats, but um, Beckham is currently ranked fourth amongst uh, the Giant receivers in terms of yards per reception with uh, 13.7. So he's behind Russell Shepard, Cody Latimer, who, you know, only has, um, what, I think he's got, what, a couple, uh, he's got six receptions, so... Actually, let, let me let me rephrase this because what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort out these guys who don't have as many receptions. Basically, Beckham and Shepard are the guys whose stats are compatible in terms of pass targets. They've had a, a minimum target amount, 50% of 148 total. Um, so in terms of comparing the two, Beckham, better yards per reception, 13.7. The Shepard's 12.4, obviously more yards after the catch. And an area that Beckham's really improved in um, has been in his drop passes. Beckham only has three drop passes this so far this year. Shepard with seven. But also according to Pro Football Focus, Beckham has been on the receiving end of four interceptions. Ball, four balls that have gone to interception versus Shepard being on the receiving end of just one. Now, how many of those balls, you know, that... Beckham was on the receiving end or was the intended receiver. Um, how many of those balls were actually, you know, badly thrown or tipped? I'd have to go back and look. But, um, you know, the bottom line, folks, is that Beckham, you know, you, you, some people made the argument that, oh, the Giants can get by without Beckham. I, I'm sorry, I don't buy it. Beckham is the only one of those receivers currently on the roster who can get open and who can separate with any type of consistent effort. Um, you know, we saw that last week. Um, none of the giant receivers had were able to get open on a consistent basis. It was quite frustrating to watch. So, you know, I, I had a chuckle because after the Washington game ended, a lot of people were like, oh, the Giants can trade Beckham. Folks, Beckham's not going anywhere next year. The cap hit, number one, is going to make it impossible. Number two, right now, he is still the best receiver on this team. So, um, but as far as the Pro Bowl, which was the original... Um, point in this segment um i personally have always viewed the pro bowl as kind of a fluff type of thing i know it's a you know it's an opportunity it's another game to get you know to make money and all that stuff but the voting that's done you know sometimes you just wonder if some of the voting is is slanted if if, if you know people just don't know what they're looking for to vote for um is it because you know a guy did did a favor for another guy and showed up at his camp. I mean, I used to have one um, former player who used to tell me that the Pro Bowl was one big political event. You know, it, it was basically the, the, a popularity contest. So I don't know if it has changed much, but, um, you know, I think the big thing we need to keep an eye on is who gets named All-Pro because that is, I think, has a little more weight to it than the Pro Bowl. So... Just my two cents on that. Odell, you know, if you're listening, which I doubt you are, but if you are listening, keep your head up, keep doing your thing, and uh, you'll get those honors again sooner than later.
All right, Giant fans, you're listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer. We're going to take our final break, come back, and wrap up with one more segment, one more audio segment, and we'll break that one down. So stay with us. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day with Patricia Trainer. And we are entering segment three. And in this segment, we're going to hear from defensive coordinator James Betcher, who was asked a question about whether or not the Giants are, quote unquote, heavy enough up front. And the question, of course, relates to, I think, last week, um, because last week, as we know, the Giants were pushed around a lot on both sides of the ball, specifically on defense in the trenches. So with them going up against a very stout Colts offensive line, Betcher was asked about his defensive front and if they were basically equipped to handle what was to come. And here's what he had to say on the topic. Um, you know, I hadn't thought about it from the standpoint of heavy enough, but I will say this. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I think with those guys is you see snaps where they're playing really good football. And as young players grow, consistency is like one of the key words that would come to all of our minds. And as, as those guys grow, whether it's RJ or whether it's BJ, um, even Dalvin still is a young player in this league. And consistency is the word for those guys. The more snaps they play, the more we get to coach them, the more we get to push them, the more they improve themselves, the more tape they watch, all those things collective. It's just the consistency of the game that will come for those guys. Then the second thing is just awareness that they'll build formationally. What I'm going to get in this formation, what I'm going to get, recognizing what's coming before it comes. Just like you would talk to a safety at a different level, you talk to those guys about backfield sets, quarterback underneath center, splits of offensive linemen, three-point, two-point stance, heavy stance, like all those things, they become kind of second nature the more snaps they play, which helps them play more consistent and better in certain spurts of the game. Okay, guys. Um, so, again, the concern, I think, that maybe fueled that question was because the Giants got bullied a little bit in the pit last week. And against the Colts, they have a strong offensive line, too. And, you know, an experienced offensive line who was going to go against a pri- primarily young Giants defensive line. So, you know, I mean... I would think Betcher's going to probably do some things this time around to help those guys out. But ultimately, the more those guys get experienced, the better they're going to be. And, you know, they're, they're still learning. I mean, the, the, Tomlinson's only in his second year. B.J. Hill is a rookie. R.J. McIntosh is a rookie who, you know, only started playing for the team this year, uh, late this year. So it takes time. Rome wasn't built in a day. And... You know, you just got to be patient. Now, one of the things moving forward is I think the Giants really need to add some some depth to that defensive line. I think one of the guys I could see being brought back for next year is Mario Edwards. He's a guy who has flashed and had some moments. And, you know, he's still relatively young. Um, so get him in there and build a, a nice, solid core foundation. Um, maybe add a guy or two through the draft. I believe that this draft class is, is rich in defensive interiors. Um, so you do that. Maybe bring back Josh Morrow, who would be a young veteran and a guy who, of course, is, is familiar with the system. So I just think as the Giants continue to build up 
that defensive line, that rotation, that unit's going to get better and better. But for the time being, those guys, you know, th th there's pressure on those guys because you can't really rotate guys in and out, in and out the way, the way you ideally like to. So they have to pretty much learn on the job, baptism under fire. And all things considering, you know, B.J. Hill has shown promise. Tomlinson has shown promise. All those guys have shown promise. Um, and they're just going to get better and better the more they play. So it's just a matter of being patient and just, you know, completing that unit, which I'm sure Dave Gettleman will do next uh, in the offseason, I should say, um, knowing how much he likes those hog mollies on both sides of the ball. So... All right, that will wrap up today's show. That will wrap up the week's show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And again, a reminder for next week on Monday, Chris Biziano of the Giant Insider will join me. We'll break down the Giants-Colts game. On a Tuesday, there won't be a show because it is Christmas and uh, I'm going to take that day off. So I uh, will wish all of you uh, who celebrate Christmas or Kwanzaa or whatever, you know Hanukkah, whatever holiday you celebrate, uh, very happy holidays and all the joy and peace of the season. Wednesday, we'll have the crossover show with Dallas. We'll preview Dallas, the last game of the season for the Giants. Thursday will be Twitter Thursday, so get those questions in. And then Friday, we will have our final week that was as we wrap up the final regular season week of the 2018 season. So on that note, Patricia Train is signing off. Have a good one.